0: Hi, party people. Welcome to Black Genius. This is your host, Lola Reishi Ombola. Black Genius is the only platform where you get to connect deeply with the Black intelligentsia, those pushing the world forward from a deep sense of purpose. Here, you get to hear the life stories of geniuses from every corner of the globe, from Oakland to Lagos to Tokyo, and find out how you too can tap into your highest sense of purpose to deliver the world we all wish to live in. Happy people, happy Saturday! It's on Bola here with Black Genius. I'm just gonna rock in. This is my girl from music day. Hey. I go be queen. You get a little bit of with me every 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 time every Saturday. How's everybody doing today? Who's watching? Let me know how you're doing. Where you're watching from? Black genius, you know that this is the only platform where you get to connect deeply with the Black intelligentsia, those pushing the world forward from a deep sense of purpose, people doing incredible things in all corners of the globe and coming from a place of passion, compassion, Black glory, Black genius, just, you know, just kind of creating the new world, creating a whole new paradigm. So today I have with me Christian Epps. He is a, he's been chief lighting designer on so many projects. He, what they call a gaffer in Hollywood. Um, But he's also founder and CEO of Lights, Camera, Diaspora, a Los Angeles-based social enterprise bridging the gap between the African and African diaspora entertainment industries. When I met Christian on the Blackest King conversation, I was just so blown away by the work that he's doing um, on the continent and to really intimately connect the diaspora and the continent. So I couldn't wait to dig into his story and share more of it with you guys. So let me bring on Christian. Let's Let's do a drum roll. Drum roll, please. So Christian, how you feeling? 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 (laughs) I feel good. So Hollywood kind of picked back up. Everybody thought that, you know, there was no production happening.
1: Right, no, it is uh, on fire. In fact, um, it's hard to find people to work right now. I think everybody's trying, I think all the content creators are trying to squeeze it in while the gates are open, you know? Even though we're like, we're still under lockdown. Well, we're still under lockdown but, you know, people are lightening up and lightening up and getting out a little bit. And I think the momentum and the hunger, need for content in my business, but just in general, people need to work and need to do whatever it is they do to sustain themselves. So once the door opened a little bit, it seems like all these productions have rushed through the door. Wow.
0: And so yeah. what kind of stuff are you working on right now? You right
1: now. You know? uh, this week I did a Draji Henson for congressional black caucus they did a award show quote-unquote wraparounds on the air on a a broadcast now because of covid uh we did a i just wrapped a really nice project with quinn wilson who's the creative director for lizzo she is wonderful uh next week coming up is a music video for LMA. i'm excited because booed up in all of these i love this music um and then uh, end of the week, we start on a commercial for the following week.
0: Wow! So, how long do you think this window is going to last? Uh, if I was going
1: to guess, another month. Okay. I think I honestly think the, the numbers are going to go back up because it's just, mm-hmm. you know, humanity. Nowhere around the world do we have this thing conquered yet, or even figured out. Let alone a strategy that'll that'll beat it back i still learning what it is. I think the numbers are going to go up again.
0: So what would that mean? What would that mean for Hollywood? The next phase?
1: Just like it does for the rest of life. Go back home, sit still, and, and get over the idea that we are, you know, um, uh, all-powerful humans who rule the planet. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're part of it. We might be all-powerful in a way, but we don't mm-hmm. rule the planet. You know, it can live with or without us. And so... And the holidays are coming. So people are really pushing, trying to get stuff done. And, okay. and you know, the, the rules, the safety precautions, the protocols, those are all ideas that we're trying to work out.
0: So some of the stuff that you worked on this week, was everybody wearing masks? Like, what kind of safety precautions? Yeah, everybody's like?
1: wearing masks. That's the easy part, honestly. Um, you know, there's lots of different types of testing.
2: Um, mm. There's
1: two different, like, in-your-nose testing. There's blood tests that,
2: mm. you
1: know, Some people are like, oh, have you been tested from a previous production? And you say yes, they say, fine, come on. Well, you know, that's
0: Mm, and that's good enough.
1: (laughs) That's good enough already. (laughs) That's a little (laughs) that's a little suspect.
0: Yeah. Okay. But it's good to know that things are picking up. So yeah, at least nice. for now. So but but I'm just really curious what what will, you know, if this really does like if there is another upsurge and people really have to kind of lock back down a bit more, you yeah. know, intensely, what will that mean for storytelling? What will that mean for Hollywood? Like what do you think is the future of storytelling in the, you know, in the short term?
1: It is starting to morph. I saw a theater piece that one of my college buddies did recently on Zoom. And I, okay. I was fascinated with the idea that it was this like legit theater, not televised play. It was legit. Theater, and it was really good. Mm. Early stages, play reading, very simple. But it okay. was really emotionally good because that's the end of it. You know, we're starting to adapt. People are starting to come out with more original uh, content that is based mm. on you know, all this sort of at-home communication um, formats are changing. Really, really interesting format change. Like Vice TV is an example of something that has existed pre pre COVID that could continue. Okay. Yeah.
0: How is talk about what Vice is doing? Because I haven't seen um, it lately.
1: I haven't watched him lately, but. Uh, you know a little bit. I've tuned in here and there in the last couple of months. It's no different for them because some okay. of the content is packaged and they can choose according to safety precautions. Okay. And yet the show doesn't change as a magazine show. You have more choices. Linear shows are difficult. Uh, There's a thing on Netflix that's a telephone. Basically, it's four four couples at home in one in one flat. They come over having dinner together. Fantastic mm. drama fantastic it's about their relationships mm. their histories uh, mm. you know the, the politics the the male female relationships their how they treat each other in height it, it's fantastic and it's just what is there, this one called table. Mm-hmm. um i don't know but i think about it every uh I'll, I'll look it up i have it written down somewhere i'll look it up while we're talking
0: okay so you've worked on so many different projects you've been in hollywood for 20 25 30 years
1: uh well i've only been in la in particular 20 uh 2004 Mm full-time working here off and on before that so total 20 um i've been in prior to that is atlanta new york Uh, so i've been in the business since high school which is uh, Mm -hmm. how did that happen
2: happen?
1: (laughs) i was not such a great student we moved to atlanta And for 11th grade and the one person I knew sitting next to me at registration, he was like, if you get in performing arts, you get a class early. So I'm like, sign me up, wherever, whatever that is.
0: Why were you not? Why were you not into school? And tell us about your your cultural background. You grew up in St. Thomas?
1: No, no, no. I'm from born in Philly, went to St. Thomas. We moved to St. Thomas when I was eight. And um, great. I absolutely loved it. You know, you it's Thomas. community, it's family, it's swimming and boats and ocean and Boy Scouts. We go camping on the beach and crabbing at night on Megan's Bay. And just it was just wonderful. Small town. Mm. You catch a ride anywhere from anybody to go anywhere any time of day. It was really. really is it bad. still like that? <laughs> no, I mean, nothing. Nothing is the same, no matter where you are. Right. No matter what size your city was or your town when you grew up. Nothing, you know. Mm. Um, there were no car. There were no street lights. No cars. Okay. There were no street lights, and and so um, uh, so now, so then, so that was such a great life. When we moved to Atlanta, I was like, uh, I, I, it was clear to me that that enjoyment and community was supposed to be a part of your life, mm. right? Okay, and that has, and so. I don't know why school didn't fit. I can't really say, but I wasn't terrible. Just not so Mm -hmm. great. And Mm -hmm. then uh, and then I got into performing arts in the theater. Uh, I got on the lighting uh, crew because I didn't do anything else. I didn't sing, dance, act, play an instrument. So uh, and I just loved it. And uh, then I actually went on to I loved it so much. I was like, this is what I want to do, you know, in college, because I didn't have a better Mm -hmm. idea. Went to Howard for theater. and then went, taught for a little while in DC at Ellington High School, love that. That was fantastic. Uh, mm. Still collaborating with some of those students who were, you know, who were then my students. Now they're, you know, professionals. And then um, went to New York, went to NYU for grad school. Thought I was going to be in the theater doing lighting. Uh, uh, did that for a while, uh, but found out the money wasn't really working. So I okay. added film and TV stuff.
0: Okay. Uh, never
1: gave up to the theater. And I uh, worked for Spike Lee for like 10 years. He was my first job in the film business, which I'm just. Tell us, I, tell I, us how
0: you got that job. Finish I, your sentence and tell you how
1: you yeah, got that no, learned, I am just, so I was in the theater working all the time, but not making enough money. And I said to a friend of mine, Charles McClanahan, hey, I want to work on that music video you're doing because I want to meet the Spikes guys, the lighting guys, so I can eat, literally like mm. feed my family. I mean, but then I was married. My son was born, I think. It's about to is about to be born and uh and I did it I PA'd the first day in art department mm-hmm. so that I could go meet the lighting guys walked over introduced myself on day two I met the lighting guys I met the lighting guys on day one on day two I worked for them and literally the next 10 years I worked for him on most almost everything I can't say everything because he's so prolific and, um, did you work on Malcolm
0: X? You know, that's my favorite. I, did. I, worked, I oh, you worked on, on Malcolm on X. X? Oh. Yes, well, well, talk I about did. that. Tell me about that experience. Uh,
1: well, I was on the rigging crew on Malcolm X. Uh, okay. I wasn't on the shoot crew. So we would like go beforehand and carry a bunch of heavy cable and lights and set up stuff and deal mm. with the. Dirty. And then after they leave, we'd come back. Um, I do remember being out there overlapping with the shoot crew on the train, you know, when they're catching the train in New York, 125th street. Um, Before that, you know, I had worked on all this stuff, Um, you know, depending on which year it was and my family obligations, you play different roles on the Mm -hmm. thing. So I wasn't on the shoot Mm -hmm. crew on Malcolm X, but I was happy to look back and say I was a part of it.
0: No, that's amazing because I imagine the shooting schedule would have been crazy. Like y'all would have been working like wild hours. Absolutely. So can you explain explain to the people what lighting design uh, is? Because not everybody gets you know yeah, yeah. the importance hey. of mm. lighting design. Right. When, every time you get on a call with Christian, he's like, "Can you fix your lighting, please?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <I> can't. <laughs> I'm sure the Instagram doesn't look that great to no. you right now because the lighting is just whatever. No, you uh, work out.
1: People- no, no, no. We interview the interviewer. You've worked out mm-hmm. yours. You've got your nice clean background. You've got a nice light on your face. You've got color, kind shape of your hair, and all all of that composition and lighting, right?
2: Oh uh, you. <laughs>
1: you know, you know, don't act like you don't know. So we uh so I work, I'm the lighting person, depending on which part of the industry, I'm the lighting designer, the gaffer, the chief lighting technician. But basically I'm the one who's most who's most responsible for. execution of the lighting so in the theater i do light plots and design this idea and then the crew i work with puts it up and and we write cues on in film it's the same idea i work with the cinematographer and others involved with creative and what Mm. their ideas are and i add mine at this point you know i mostly have a lot of leeway we talk and then i do all the specific choices and i add my two cents depending on the on the direct on the DP's, director of photography's input, you know, mm. it's a little bit of collaboration or a lot. At this phase of my career, it's always a lot of collaboration because mm-hmm. DPs like to hand off, you know, they'll have an uh, idea of how... It for those who don't
0: know, work. DP is a director of photography. Yes, yeah, a yeah. cameraman,
1: <laughs> um, which I, in television, I work as a director of photography on some things, a so multi-camera, mm. like award shows, music events, that you are know, shot live in the theater with multi-camera. Mm. Um, but basically that, I think about the lighting, I work with my collaborators, and then I specify the actual equipment. We look at locations, I specify equipment, specify hire crew, work with producers on budgets, on how we can execute it, on schedules. And
2: mm. yeah,
1: so, I'm, so one of the things, the most important thing about lighting is to me, I dare say, and to anybody else who's, who agrees with me or who don't agree with me, it's still a fact. <laughs> um, lighting is the most important visual thing Period. Because mm-hmm. everything comes through that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't, the only reason you can see me is you never actually see me. You see the light that bounces off of me onto mm-hmm. your eyes. So mm-hmm. there's no um, other thing without lighting in terms of visuals. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's the emotional, to me, it's the emotional lens of whatever we're looking at. Okay. You know, you might look at my shirt and it says something or the room and it says something. But the lighting is what tells you if it's happy or sad or intense mm-hmm. or concerned or, mm-hmm. you know, right? Because you have a, your face is your face, right? And your expression, that's all your physical self. But it's the yeah. lighting in terms of visuals. It's the lighting that tells us so much of the temperament. How
0: you know? to feel. It's feel
1: like music in that what way. We're looking at. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. It's like music in that way.
0: Yeah. So one of the big topics with you know obviously you know about Noir Fest and how obsessed I am yeah. with gorgeous black films yes. and for me when we talk about you know visually stunning cinematography, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, there's been an interesting dialogue recently about just lighting black people black mm-hmm. skin mm-hmm. and I remember Taju Cole came and gave a talk at um, at Yale while I was there and he talked about how the original, you know, cameras were originally designed, the cameras that we use now, originally designed by white folks for white folk. Yes. Um, it wasn't really, you know, designed as a tool to capture melanin. Yes. So I'm just curious what you've seen in terms of even technology and practice and the way that people approach yes. lighting black skin these yes. days.
1: Yes. Well, so it has changed a lot for the better. Okay. Um, nowadays, you can really have... Uh, a a reasonably easy time lighting black folks uh, Mm -hmm. because the equipment is so much more varied. Um, Basically, you know, you, the technology is, you know, ones and zeros and interpretations and algorithms of what skin colors are natural, what light levels are normal. Well, normal is up for interpretation.
2: Um,
1: And, and so the digital, digital photography, well, going back film had its own perspective about what colors it needed they needed the manufacturers needed to work on to reproduce mm-hmm. you know there's a hundred million colors so you're not going to work on all of them you're going to focus on the ones that are important to the human eye
2: mm-hmm. so if
1: your eye is focused on white skin as a normal because mm-hmm. those are the companies that are manufacturing it and those are the people who are in front of those and those are the power structures that manage it mm-hmm. then that's what you do it makes sense in that regard uh, but now, Uh, people are much more connected to each other in terms of cultures and travel. Mm -hmm. And the internet, of course, has sped up everyone's exposure. Youth culture is always a step ahead. So while that was created by a certain culture, their children and their grandchildren now hang out across many cultures. You'll talk to somebody who's 16 or 20 and they're like, we don't even know what you're talking about when you talk about those people or these people, you know, a lot of young people are so much more exposed and, and the technology has followed suit where, you know, the, the range is better. The contrast is not, is better. But most importantly, people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. And my answer, they say, oh, how do you like black people with white people in the same frame? Oh, this is how you like black people. Mm-hmm. My main answer is the way you do it is you love them.
0: Mm. It you come on? We're going to church today. <laughs>
1: I'm saying, like, if... Yes, it's, it's do, like it death, look right?
0: good to you. How do people yeah. to capture, how do you capture stories and put stuff out in the world and the person, does the skin don't look ah, good?
1: Right. When you mm. fix a plate of food, if, it, if the first thing when I hand it to you is does it look good, mm. right? If I care about you, I want it to look good when I put it in front of you. If uh. I think that you in front of the camera are of value then I'm then I want you to look good then I do the work to make that so mm-hmm. whether that's me then putting the lights here lights there or doing this that or me going back preach. and learning techniques to make the thing work right
0: I have a question from Baia. so let me just shout out everybody because there's a question about okay. what you said hi Baya. hi Uzo um, I see Busayo joined us hi Busayo Lola Bunny Jack um, so many names I can't even pronounce. It looks like uh, Shauna joined us. Thank you guys for watching. How do um, I see these
1: names? Where are these people? This is,
0: these people are on Instagram. Oh, and then you Instagram. have Ishmael. Okay. We have Ishmael on, on, okay. um, on Facebook. Thank you for watching, okay. Ishmael. And he has a question as well. I'm going to get to Nigeria okay. very soon. So hang tight, Ishmael. Yes. My um, people. Yeah, but like... Yeah. Well, you know, so Baye asked if you said love or he said love them. He said love them. Right. Appreciate you got to love. love the people that you, that you, that you, t- you know, whose stories or whose, whose image you're using to tell a story. Yes, that
1: That's is, once, yeah. Once you love them, then that then obligates you to take care of them. Just like you do mm-hmm. your family members or your friends. It's no mm-hmm. answer. You don't know tomorrow what you're going to do in terms of taking care of your people. Yeah. But tomorrow when one of them needs you, you love them. You show up and you be helpful.
0: What was the greatest, like the most challenging project you've worked on in your career?
1: <laughs> I think the most challenging in a good way and also the most impactful was Belly, which mm, is Type Williams. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Those images,
0: yeah. I just keep seeing it. I think it was Tamar. Yeah. Oh my God, Tamar's uh-huh. skin.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh, and that scene, uh-huh. I think it was her in
0: the bed. I, that's the scene that comes up for me every time I think of it Belly. Is, I loved yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The cameraman on that, uh, Malik Saeed, director of photography, mm. the most genius lighting ca- person I know in terms of cameras, period. Wow. Yeah, just wow. genius. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, yes. So, Belly, why was it the most challenging?
1: Because Hype Williams has uh, imagination that won't quit, and he has mm-hmm. the work habit to back it up. Mm. And he and Malik Saeed, the DP, Uh, are the same in that way. Genius people who are willing to do the work at all costs. And uh, so we had like a, oh, many years, we probably had a good eight, 10 years of working together in a real tight triangle. Just amazing, just amazing. How long did it
0: take to to get Belly done?
1: uh, Seven weeks, I think. And it was his first feature, which has a whole different set of demands in short-term music videos.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, so he rises
1: to meet demand, but the studio underestimated their ability to have him conform to their existing structures.
0: So it was a pretty rigorous project.
1: It was very, he chased out a few producers. They had to get more (laughs) older, more experienced. They gave gave him the rookie producers.
0: Yes. yes, They gave him
1: the rookie producers.
0: Ooh, okay. I'm sorry. I have to go into this because it's just a question, kind of a sidebar. I was talking to Evan Park. You'll eventually meet him. I told you about him. He's an actor as well. About this, you know, and I talk about it all the time, like how shows we see something. A project starts off. You've done some television work. You see a project start off really dope, and then it sort of, sort of falls off, especially in terms of writing. Yes. And so, and I, it's black shows, like ninety nine percent of the of the best black shows. And so, what you said about giving people rookie producers just really made me wonder about your knowledge as far as how black, you know, storytellers are treated as far as the resources that studios give them.
1: Uh, well, we all we we kind of know the answer. I mean, we kind of know the answers. No, we, we know the answer. answer. I want to know
0: your experience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, how about this? My take on the subject is, on a certain level, it makes sense. If you just look at American, we're talking mostly Hollywood in these conversations, because Hollywood yeah. has managed historically to be the most influential and to set the pace across the world, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that African-Americans don't get as much resources, that Africans on the continent don't get as much resources. In the system that exists, Mm -hmm. we're not spending as much money on tickets. Is that because we don't have it? Because we choose to spend differently? Mm -hmm. Whatever you, however you want to take it, we don't. So if I'm a Hollywood producer and there's a hundred people that buy tickets, I'm gonna spend most of my money where that 80% who give me most of my money are, right? Which is typically white, European, Get a little bit of Asian now, you know, a lot of Asian now. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense that that's where it gets financed. But that is literally the reason I started Lights Camera Diaspora.
0: Mm, right on time. Yeah. <laughs> time to talk about Africa. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. why did you start Lights Camera Diaspora? Tell us about the origin of that. And if you haven't read, um, if you haven't read um, Christian's bio or you've seen our site, or if you joined late. Uh, He's the founder of Lights, Camera, Diaspora, through which he provides production training, skills training to talent on the continent and in the diaspora. So, yes. Why did you start Lights, Camera, Diaspora?
1: Because it only makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people people talk about Oscar so white. I'm like, cool, it makes sense. Oscar's white. Mm. Why are you asking Oscar to invite people who aren't spending as much to get as much? It's unnatural, it's un, it, you know, it's but see, ideal. Okay, but, it's so, I, I mean, I
0: totally agree with your point about, you know, because that's what I always say to black folk, like white folks are not going to come save us. you know, they're going to give us an take a mile and give us an engine, take a mile. Yeah. But like, so we, we're not supposed to ask for permission. But at the end of the day, black people do spend you know i don't know how much i we we had 25 million black folks go to the movies the last stat that i saw was like from 2018 2019 Mm -hmm. right and so we do spend a lot of money but yes maybe not 80 percent not the percentage that would make these organizations put us make us a priority
1: and if we're not if we're if we're not the financial priority then what you know why would they give us the money Mm -hmm. they should so it, what it,
0: about black, black funders in Hollywood?
1: So the, it, the, the main issue is to me, the main issue is in this phase of my life, it's clear to me. Yes, people should treat each other fairly and with respect and with concern. Right. But these are also businesses. If I come to your house, you're not going to give me the same amount of stuff that you give your family for the rest of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So Lights, Camera, Diaspora is a is a nonprofit for those. It's a nonprofit that I started about seven years ago to share skills between Hollywood and Sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. So there's all these resources, all this understanding, all these skill sets of any variety. And Africa's trying to grow its industry. Right. So the main idea in that regard is. If. Why. Africans on the planet should have cohesive economic systems, right? That's when when we are secure and safe. Mm. We're talking police violence, et cetera, Mm. right? That's when we're safe, right? And economically, that's where, you know, I I like Black folks, right? I like white folks and Asians and Indians too, but I like Black folks, Mm. right? I can relate. We can relate when we see each other walking down the street, right? When we eat food, when we play music, we can relate. It's normal. Every town has a Chinatown. Nobody gets upset, right? So if we create these systems that are self-sufficient, then we don't need to ask Oscar to contribute Ooh. as much,
0: right? He's right And my whole pitch for me. I'm going <laughs> this verbatim tomorrow. There's
1: no problem. <laughs> then we don't need them, right? This is Tyler Perry's conversation. It's not that you love him. Bob mm-hmm. Johnson would be to same thing. He's like, they don't love me. They respect the money, mm-hmm. right? And so that's how people should operate. Imagine being, uh, uh, I live here, I work here. I work, you come over and you're like, give me the same. I'm like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Why, why should right? I? I should treat you kindly. I shouldn't shoot you. you know? Should
0: I should share with you what I would share with my family. At the and same
1: sharing time. as a community is good, but why at the same level? I'm, I'm taking care of the people in my house first, right? Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense. And then culturally, it's also an interesting issue psychologically for the black community. We all know we are, I dare say, the most influential in terms of culture around the planet, right? Absolutely. But we don't own these structures. Our mentality is such that we don't think of ownership first, right? And until we back up and are willing to work at quote unquote, a lower level, Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking that, you know, $100 to go to Beverly Hills and go shopping, we -hmm. need to organize to where we make $20 and $25 and build our own banks. Yeah. And then next month or next year, we go to Beverly Hills when we have $100 of our own or or we go to V.I., in Lagos. Hey, I was going to say when you
0: said when you said black <laughs> folk, the mentality is not yeah. to own. I was like Nigerians want to own well, everything, but they do.
1: And, and and I have the theory that part of that reason is in part because Nigeria is such a large population; they don't need other people. With two hundred million, <laughs> pe- nah, with two hundred million people, you know, you can develop your own mentality, mm. right? So small countries in Europe generally have a mentality that is inclusive of the region right america as one big country and somewhat isolated with two big oceans and mm-hmm. and you know has its own mentality now right because populations and communities are essentially a closed loop when you're very large you don't have to think about your neighbors very much nigeria is more like america that way it's so big you ain't really got to think about your neighbors Right. Mm. So you can you can pat yourself on the back. You can love yourself. You can see all different sides of yourself. Hmm. Right. You okay. know,
0: yeah. I could work with that. I feel like there's small That's countries true. like Botswana that are kicking ass like they don't need yeah. nobody's money or nobody's permission any, to do anything. Because they're organized and
1: we, and we need to further that mission. Just side note, Impos Sabino, one of my favorite current singers is from Botswana.
0: Oh, OK, I will. Look uh, he, her, she, they, them, um, she. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so Oluwase High Love, he's watching. Do you do you know Oluwase Olusa? He's a photographer. We had him on a past episode. I don't know. something. But he said he worked with you on Belly. So shout oh, out really? to for watching. Yes, he was a, nice. he was a like, intern on Belly. Wait, who Shea. he You might you might pronounce it Oluwase. That's how yeah. the Americans Oluwase. <laughs> I call him Shea. <laughs>
1: Wow. If he was Electric's intern on Belly, I'd definitely work with him. Yeah. That's great. We should make sure we reconnect, sir.
0: Okay. We'll pull him backstage. Maybe we pull him backstage afterwards. Yeah. 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 So when you started Last time Camera Diaspora, you said you went to Nigeria to work on a show with Beyonce. Tell us about that and that experience and how that opened your eyes to the need for, you know, production skills on the continent. And just talk about some of the work you've done since then.
1: So, um, yeah, I was just in L.A. working in the industry and traveling, and, you know, internationally as well, you know, through jobs here and there. And the client said, hey, do you want to go to Nigeria? We got this show. I said, of course, yeah, because mm-hmm. I like traveling and Africa had always you know, been of interest. This um, was your but,
0: first time on the continent?
1: Yeah, 2004. Nice. And um, I said, yeah, let's go. Uh, so, so one of my, so one of, uh, we'll get back to that. So I, I went and I was like, I got there and I realized from growing up in St. Thomas that, oh, these are the same, these are like the same people. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I look at the plate of food, I listen to the music, I listen to the pigeon, half the pigeon, I understood because, you know, the same time. Wow. all the Caribbean is African culture, is specifically West African culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you get there, I was like, I know these people, most Americans can't go to Lagos and just be comfortable from the beginning.
0: I mean, wait. You know,
1: It's a shock on a lot of levels. And I understand yeah. that if you grew up, you know, in the suburbs in LA or in Oklahoma or wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we did that for like three years, lots of trips, three, four times a year for three years for that same client doing big US acts. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 2010 or 11, no, 11 or 12, I went back with Andrew Dosimo, Nigerian director, of, i want to uh, get you Michael back George. i want to get
0: you back on instagram because i want why does instagram it keep going i don't hold
1: know on. hold on hold on Okay, we'll sign back in we'll do that um so i went back with andrew docimo
0: hi andrew if you're watching he's a friend of mine as well Ah, nice yeah okay
1: i re- did the request All and right. um so now so then i went back and um with Andrew started doing other things. But by then people took me seriously that I was actually interested in being there. A lot of people mm-hmm. come for one trip and, or don't come back for five, 10 years, even, you know, okay. even Nigerians in the, in the, you know, in the U S who most don't go very often. Okay. And, uh, and so people, so young guys, technicians mostly said Hey, mm-hmm. can you help me? Can you help me do this? And one day I was in the U S telling some guys here on a show, what I was doing over there. I started telling one guy, and then I realized by the end of that little story, about seven had stood around and were like, wow. what are you doing? It was like literally, I thought about like old slaves around the campfire <laughs> talking about freedom. I was like, this is ah. like they had all kind of huddled around and like, wow. And then and and then wow. one day I was uh, working on something. We were trying to, we were doing a pitch with Akon, uh, with one of his people. And him and one of his people and and I realized that moment, oh people on my left are asking, people on my right are asking, I can do that. And I literally just said, Okay, that's what I'm doing. Mm. And uh no idea what it meant after that. And then I started lights, camera, diaspora. So we I continue to work doing lighting in terms of my industry and professional career, but they work hand in hand. So I worked on Queen Sono on Netflix, the first Netflix project. Yeah, Queen Yay. Sono, Pearl 2C. I yeah. was on fire on that show. Um, I just uh, did a production of Netflix production in Lagos with Akino Motoso. We had done another film, Ghost in the House of Truth. Um, I've done uh, South Africa a lot in terms of workshops and training. uh okay. separate from Queen Sono um, mm-hmm. in KZN and Film Commission sponsored stuff. I'm mm. working with NFVF trying to pull something off, um, doing a bunch of different stuff. And then uh, all around the continent at this point. Zambia, working with Multi Choice Talent Factory last year. Oh. Uh, in Joburg, Zambia, Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria. Um, I've done stuff in Senegal with Sally Kane, a fashion designer mm-hmm. who also does a little bit of film as well and artwork. Mm-hmm. You have to me. Uh, to <laughs> I will absolutely yeah. introduce you all. Mm-hmm. You and she is a black genius, Ooh. Well, she is the deal. Okay. Um, Blitz Bazoo. <laughs>
0: We yeah, just, so you like, worked with Blitz on Blackest is King. Blackest King yes. so you, you guys were in L.A. entirely for your project, for your work on Blackest King? Or did you spend some no. time in South Africa? Because uh, you got yeah. through South African youth to to work on the project. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Blitz hired me. We had met through Selly in 2016 in Senegal. Mm-hmm. And um, Blitz hired me to work on Blackest King in okay. South Africa, in Joburg and KwaZulu-Natal province outside of Durban. Okay. Because honestly, there aren't a lot of people like me been in the union 30 some years in between New York and L.A. And mm. a lot of nice projects and intimately involved on the continent, on the ground, you know, getting your hands dirty with the mm. crew and the equipment and the vendors and all of that. So um, so that was good. I had a moment where I was able to talk to Akin and get some interns on the show who mm. I had met through a different U.S. presentation the South African government had done. Mm. And I, so I brought 10 people from Pumlanga province, just outside of Joburg, onto the show. Mm. So if you can imagine being, how much production is there hour and a half outside of Joburg? Not much, right? Mm. And uh, I had met them the month before when I was in Joburg. And I was like, "Okay, let's get some more help. And he's like, yeah, we got some help. So they came. To go from there in Pumlanga province, mm. right? Mm. Literally one room, and the classroom and in a small studio with not much equipment and they're trying and, and to go from there to a Beyonce project and not just one music mm-hmm. video like a statement piece mm-hmm. that helps to shift the culture and the dialogue
0: did they know what the project was no no was? Yeah. no
1: Beyonce <laughs> is the queen of of uh non-disclosures
0: Ironclad.
1: Wow. She got that She got everybody scared. Oh, Lord. So I worked on Blackest King. Um, We did New York. And you were in it. Uh, We did LA, not New York.
0: One of the the pictures that we put in our stories, if y'all would be paying attention, um, the car, it was you driving the youth to his future. I always Uh, remember how you said that.
1: Yes. Yes. The little spotted Rolls Royce driving down the dusty road. Mm. The boy is in the back. I'm in a grass skirt, suspenders with diamonds, no shirt, so <laughs> oh, cover your eyes. Who was the costume uh,
0: designer on this? It was
1: designed for someone else. They just didn't, okay. they happened to not have the dancers there by some, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they needed somebody. And don't, don't laugh, but I, I was the closest to Do you have, a picture? Young Do you young have a picture of you yeah, in the outfit? I, that
0: sounds I, like a dope outfit.
1: <laughs> What was that? <laughs> on Disney Plus, I have well, it.
0: Well, okay. No, I don't have to like the full the full body the full
1: remember, body shot. Remember Beyonce. Queen yeah, ironclad, no, be no pictures. pictures. Mm, <laughs> yeah. that, makes right. that makes sense. Right. And uh, but yeah, so I've got the Dogon mask on the mask mm-hmm. on. And as I was telling you before, I didn't realize till after how that message is of the privilege for me personally of playing that part. This is all in hindsight. I've got this young boy who is um, a prince of, uh it, 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 I don't know how to phrase that in, in the particular context, but, uh, you know, if, if Simba's the king of the jungle, then, you know, so, um, so the boy, F.J., fantastic actor, is in the back of the car and I'm literally chauffeuring him forward in his life, cut, jump cut to, jay-z and this big mansion so it's like i am as the dogon mm. elder mm. ancestor delivering this young boy to his future mm. i i really didn't get it at the moment i was just excited to be you know yeah significant and, role.
0: And,
1: and, yeah just phenomenal yeah and we worked on la stuff too some
0: mm. a
1: couple of things in la three or four different things in la
0: that's, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how you'll kind of be able to look back on that role for a long time and tell your grandkids mm-hmm. you've, had, you've had a lot of incredible projects. You've been, you've worked yeah. with Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, just, yes. just, I don't know who you, who you haven't worked with. <laughs> um, that list is probably shorter, right? But yeah. what is, yeah. what is your secret sauce? What is the secret to your success? You were talking about the Dogon Mass and it just made me think about, you know, our ancestors and how they bring us mm. forward. Right. What is, what is your secret sauce? Um, I don't know. But one thing I is jobs coming. Thing, you just stay hired. Thing,
1: I realized at some point I outlived a lot of people in my industry. Literally, I mean, not like physically live per se, but just like I didn't stop. You know, it's cliche but true. The 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 people who win never quit. Right, mm. right. Mm. Um, when you look up and you realize that you I'm 41 years in the business. I know a lot of people. My name has been on people's mouths for a long, long time. Right. Mm-hmm. I've also I've always maintained a level of arrogance, some would call. It used to all be arrogance when I was younger, but hopefully now mm. it's more confidence. It's mellowed. Okay. And people want that. They want some level of you know what you're doing and you're willing okay. to be in charge. Okay. Right? Why would I hand you my expensive, important thing to take care of when you're, you're shy and timid, if you're not confident. So you can't, you know, you can't there's a limit to that, you know, which I had to learn, (laughs) but but that's one thing. And then also uh, my mother was always very creative. And so growing up, she was into fashion. She sewed, she took us out to shows. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was always reading. So we read a lot when we were younger. Um, She always traveled. We were taught like 15 minutes. You hit the door. You got 15 minutes to get dressed, get a shower, get a shower, get dressed, turn back around, and on to the next thing. You know, if two different things overlapped, and you were like, "Yeah, I can go," on the short note. So, my whole life has been geared towards go go experience the thing, mm. right? Go experience the thing, and so I've always said yes to that, and 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 that's also one of the things. Um, say yes. So, if I come to you and I say, "Hey, I want to do a podcast with you." and you are interested in on some level, say yes. Don't look at your calendar. Don't worry about the time. Mm-hmm. When some opportunity or some idea in your life shows up. I, my goal, my, my thing now is to say yes and figure out the speed bumps later on. Because mm-hmm. everything, you know, you get a job you hate or, or a difficult, everything comes with difficulties. So I'm just like, say yes. At least then your difficulties will be in the arena you want to be in.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that has worked very well.
0: Um, yeah, you probably need, need that energy working on the continent. How was it for you? <laughs> it, been it for you working cool. on the continent and moving yeah. around all these different countries culturally. How were you received and even like Excellent. the technical? Yeah, yeah.
1: so it's the, the technical thing it needs a lot of development to catch up. I'm, I'm honestly concerned about how it's going to catch up because technology gives you, uh, uh what do they call it, it, it multiplies exponentially. Right, mm-hmm. and a lot of the continent doesn't have as much access to technology. Right, so so that means that people with technology could potentially move further and further and further and further ahead. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and and so that concerns me. Moving around has been great because, but growing up in St. Thomas, I don't feel uncomfortable
0: anywhere on the continent. Anywhere
1: on the continent,
0: mm-hmm. right.
1: I mean, nowhere that I've been, I haven't been in North Africa at all.
0: Okay. But
1: in in sub-Saharan, I've been, I've covered east, west, north, south, and in seven or eight countries, rich people, poor people. I stay in neighborhoods, and and I've shot films in the bush for you know a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and and I never feel uncomfortable.
0: So you've been? Have you been taken for a local or taken for or hailed as you know an American? <laughs> both.
1: <laughs> both. Okay. A lot of what I get is they think that I might have been. <clears throat> born in africa and raised at some in point in america wow. or or american family you know nigerian family and i was born in america and have come back home you know wow. and and uh, my best day is when somebody says oh i thought you were nigerian that's like my Aww. best day <laughs> you, know?
0: and you said you haven't done your dna tracing yet i have not because right.
1: when i first got you know nigeria has its own sort of tribal issues and i was like you i didn't know what it that. was I didn't know. And I was like, let's go slow, <laughs> learn the lay of the land first. But now I'm cool with it. But now I'm concerned because, you know, DNA and world powers and. <laughs> all yeah, there's those no concerns.
0: privacy. There's no privacy Mm-mm. anymore.
1: Mm-mm. You see, Blackstone Group, the world's largest real estate owner, the world's largest real estate owner, just bought, I believe it's Ancestry.com.
0: Wow. That's scary. <laughs> That is scary. What does that mean? Explain for the explain for those who might not quite catch. I don't me. catch, it. I, just you don't know know catch
1: it. I just know I'm scared of it. <sighs>
0: okay. I just know I'm scared of it. I i I'm, I'm I guess I I feel lucky that I don't need to do my DNA tracing because I feel like it's important <laughs> for people to know. It is. But there are probably other ways as well for us to get that information.
1: Well, I've decided I am a honorary anointed nigerian
0: yes you said <laughs> that and i'm sure we will happily accept you on behalf of all of nigerians i christen you yes, an official, yes, an official yes, nigerian yes. genius
1: thank you but so i got I'm gonna, cousins in south africa don't you know i got, you got close I, I would
0: i wow. would actually i would take you for south african but i'll you know we'll take you we'll take you on nigeria's side what's your so you've worked <laughs> on so many projects you yes, know and yes. and you have particular i think you have similar tastes to a film that I do. What is what is your favorite visual project just in terms of the the output? I know there's got to be tons, but is there one that just like your heart every time you see it? Just... Uh,
1: well, actually, yes. Uh, uh, Andrew Dosimo, uh, Mother of George.
0: Oh, wow. Because I was going to ask you what project y'all were working on in Nigeria, but Mother of George was shot in New York.
1: New York. Yeah, no, I worked on a TV show in Nigeria with him. Okay. Um, but Bradford, the DP, and Andrew are... Absolute magic together. Either one individually and together. They are magic.
0: Wow. Do they have anything (sighs) else they're going to work on together?
1: Who knows? I don't know. They're both stars in their own right, you know. For
0: anybody who has not seen Mother of George, if you check out the Q list that we posted on Nor Press, I think a couple of weeks ago, I listed some of the films that I've shown in the past and Mother of George was one of them. So I had Mm -hmm. an event at NYU in 2014 and we showed Mother of George um, along with some other some other films. Ooh, what should I say? It's he loved, loved Mother of George. Visually? Like that, I don't even know. Like it's just a visual uh, orgasm. Like there's uh, nothing. Even, really you know, is. a lot of people, a lot of us were upset about the script and how it just, it wasn't a lot of dialogue, but it's like mm-hmm. the visuals make up for that a thousand, a thousand times.
1: Yeah. There's a shot in there early on, right after the wedding. uh is leaning against this gold colored wall, I think. And it's just this blue light on her face and the camera just stays there. And it just stays there and it mm-hmm. just stays there. Mm. I turned to my girlfriend and we were, I was like, you have to love black people to shoot that. Mm. You have to. Mm. Like, you just, there was a time 20, 30 years ago, I used to notice in commercials, you never see a black man's face for more than a half of a second in the edit. Wow. But now we're featured. You know, society has changed in the Western perception. But, but it's also reports.
0: it's also having more black people behind the scenes. Totally, right? Totally. So that's why totally. what you're doing at Lights Camera Diaspora so, is so important. And you've done a lot of stuff recently. So I saw something on your website about you know projects that you've got people on for HBO. How does that work? Yeah. How can people kind of connect with Lights Camera Diaspora and access some of the the programs that you guys offer?
1: Um, so the web the generic way is the website. Um, there's okay. a contact form, right? And on the website. Um, there's an email and my number, et cetera. And, um, uh, but really it's, aside from contacting us, it's staying in touch. I mm-hmm. see like somebody out here asking, are there possibilities for internships, right? From Ooh. Q2, I think it's asking. Oh, nice. We, don't, we are not structured like that. I want okay. interns, but we're like, this three of us, me, Lorna Johnson and Mona Lisa Wokike. And and we don't have office structure. Not yet. We don't have, you know, million dollars funding and not not yet. And so, you know, these things.
0: I have it soon.
1: Exactly. That's why I said not yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we don't have those structures like that. What we have is the commitment to figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. So if that person or whoever else hits me up, it's up Mona Lisa. And does so, this is what I did when I was young. One of my ways, like you're talking about how do you remain like relevant in the business? Mm. One of my ways is staying in touch with people. It's so basic. I've Mm. talked to a lot of young people and for that matter, more mature professionals who are, I want to work with you. What do you, you have to just stay in touch
2: Mm. because
1: today there's not an opportunity, but next week, next month, I'm thinking of the most recent person in my brain to solve that, you know, staffing thing. That's and real. so if you've been in touch once a month, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm not bothering you. I'm just letting you know, mm. I'll flick by the email. I'll flick by the text or the or the whatever. But then in a week or a year or three, four years, I'm now working. This last job was with a producer I worked with, I think, 20 years ago. Mm. and But somebody in between had brought me up to her. She's like, of course, we love working with each other. Love working with each other, but we just hadn't thought of each other for years. It's been a while because we so hadn't been in touch. Literally, that is it. Just stay in touch.
0: So you, with all this work and jumping around, you know the yeah. planet frequently. How do you? Yes. How do you take care of yourself? What is? What are your self care yeah.
1: sort of yeah. rules? Um, yeah, I spent many years with no time zone, no body clock, like tuned to any time zone, mm-hmm. um, because of all the flights and the travel, and that was great. Um, now i'm trying to cut back on that now when i travel i try to arrange for a day off after i land Mm -hmm. now i'm more willing to go to sleep even though i have a long to-do list because part of my Mm -hmm. thing is like okay i can stay up another two hours and get more done on that to-do list Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but what quality of life do i want and how important is it i don't i don't want to be the number one anything Mm -hmm. because that number one person in my mind, is crazy, right? Their lifestyle, their schedule, their—I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I like some downtime, okay. so I want to be great at what I do, but I'm happy. I'm happy to also give in a little bit at this phase, right? Um, one of my main things, of course, is music makes everything mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. Everything when I go to work in the morning, if I play Stevie Wonder "Loves in Need," when I walk in the door. Is good energy flowing through me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then eating, you know, I've been mostly vegetarian and vegan over 30 years. I think that's a huge thing. Never one solid 100% commitment, but mm-hmm. in general, um, you know, I, I decided long, you know, 30 years ago, oh, yeah, I'm going to be vegetarian, not even really knowing, but I just knew I stop beef and pork, right? But even then, I, if I go to some small village somewhere and they ain't got nothing and mama struggled hard to make a dinner for her foreign guests, I am not going to say
0: no. I'm not going to. What, village, what village is this? Like, well, when mean, I was, I
1: well, like when I was shooting
0: in the bush. Right. Wow. Well, Eastern, wait, where? How come, talk a little bit more about that with our five minutes. And I have one last question okay, for you. Okay. I was on a film
1: <laughs> with MME song shooting in Uyo in uh, Eastern Nigeria. And we would drive out to the bush every day and shoot, you know, we did that for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so the woman whose house we're using, they make us some food, right? Cause that's the thing, right? To make your guests some food that's yeah. sharing love. And so I'm not going to insult her that I don't eat beef. Right. Mm, okay. okay, Culturally, I'm my, my commitment is to, us and community and people first beyond my exact diet. It's not a religious mm. thing. It's just a habit. Mm. So that's what I recommend. Habits, good habits. Nope, exact rule. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So my last question for yes, you ma'am. is. Yes, what? Is it already over almost? It's five, I know. it so, so. We got like 10 more things to talk about. Okay. What does Black liberation mean to you,
1: Christian? Well, freedom of thought. Mm of um oh that's a good this is a, <laughs> i knew this was one of your questions from the other day but now you're asking i'm like hmm.
2: key, key. <laughs> so
1: that's one of the reasons i love nigeria
2: mm-hmm. they have a
1: sense of confidence and self that doesn't matter who's around or what they have and that individual it almost doesn't matter what that individual has they have a freedom uh, uh, of thinking that the whole world is for me,
2: right?
1: mm. um, And that's the thing I'm trying to develop for myself. You know, it's a Toni Morrison and the white gaze conversation and how mm. she took a long time to, it took her a long time to learn to write without that little white man in society standing on her shoulder telling her what yeah. she should be writing about or should yeah. or shouldn't be thinking. Yeah. And most things that we come in contact with as we travel around the Western world are teaching us to walk with our head down. Mm. That that thing over there is not for us. Right. Directly or or, or subconsciously, you know, consciously or subconsciously. Mm. And 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 so liberation, yes, is economic, but if in that process you're trying to get money in order to be accepted there, then you're not free, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At the point that you can literally like wake up in the morning, get through your whole day and never have felt, you know, contained or or Mm -hmm. constrained. Yeah. That's a level of, of liberation that, that I want to contribute to.
0: Wow. I want that. (laughs) <laughs> I want that. That was a part of my definition before, but it is now Can you Imagine going
1: to sleep and being like my whole day was what I internally emotionally thought was important. Mm-hmm. And only that. Right.
0: Yeah. Wow. You still coming tomorrow.
1: Yeah. The family reunion. Yeah.
0: Yay. Yeah. Yes. If you want to meet Christian and all the other Black geniuses and the Black Jesus on our team mm-hmm. and all just our amazing North community, come check us out at the North Family Union tomorrow, noon EST. We're going to be on for a couple of hours and show a couple of films. We're going to have a nice, just pour some libation, eat some food, just reconnect and just dream. What does it look like? What would it feel like to, to wake up and not ever have to think about a white man or what he thinks? for your entire day and then for your entire (laughs) entire rest of your lives? What does it look like and feel like to build the world that we want? So connect with us. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, subscribe Uh, to our page, NorPress. Join our mailing list, norpress.org. Click on join us. Stay connected because we are, you know, we're going to be filtering out some glorious, glorious, glorious visuals of Blackness um, in the coming days. And some of y'all got our, Got our um, newsletter this last week. So more goodies coming for you. Oluwashaya, if you're still on, if you want to join us backstage, I'm going to send you a link. Um, Yeah. Everybody else, thank you for watching. We appreciate you. We love you. Eat your greens. Eat, eat your vitamins. Greens. Get your vitamin D. Get in the sun and love on yourself. Love on each other. We only got us. All right. Deuces.